Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Here we go, Genesis 18, verse 16. When the men got up to leave, they looked down towards Sodom, and Abraham walked along with them to see them on their way. And the Lord said, Shall we hide from Abraham what I'm bound to do? Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep him in the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised. Verse 20. Then the Lord said, The outcry of Sodom and Gomorrah is so great, and their sin so grievous, that I will go down to see what they have done. Is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went toward Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. And Abraham approached him and said, Will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you sweep, really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of the 50 righteous people in it? Far be it for you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it for you, Will you not judge, will, will you not the judge of all the earth do right? Verse 26, the Lord said, if I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke up again, speaking to the Lord. Now I've done, been so bold as to speak to, the, to you through, I, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, verse 28, what if the number of the righteous is five less than 50? Will you destroy the whole place because of five people? Quote, if I find 45 there, he said, I will not destroy it. Again, he spoke, what if only 40 are found there? He said, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Verse 30, he said, may the Lord not be angry with me. <laughs> I mean, he just keeps going after it. Wow. But let me speak. What if only 30 can be found there? He said, I will not do it if I find 30. Verse 31, Abraham said, now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 can be found? He said, for the sake of 20, I'll not destroy it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 10 can be found there? He answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. When the Lord finished speaking with Abraham, he left, and Abraham returned home. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word and for what you're going to do right now. As I preach, I pray it would burn faith in the hearts of each and every one, those on all of our social media platforms, on YouTube, Spotify, 1610 AM, the entire congregation here, those that listen at a later date. Move in power. Come on, won't you ask God to move in power right now? Move in power, God. Change us, we pray. We're not here fulfilling religious obligation. We're here 
to worship you, to hear from you, to be discipled, to be equipped, to grow deeper in fellowship with you and with others. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. You may be seated. When you hire someone, the most important thing to me is not so much their skill set. I think that's important. But we don't hire people based solely on skill set. It is important. We hire people, skill set, yes, but trust. That they're trustworthy. If someone's not trustworthy, it doesn't matter what skill set they have. They can't be trusted. Trust is really the basis of all relationship. It's crucial to be trustworthy. You know, I remember in high school, they taught us how to... uh, how to count money and how to, how to make change. And I remember one of the jobs I had as a cashier working at a, 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 farm, uh, a farm stand on the side of the road. We had to learn how to make change. Uh, I've learned now in this modern age that cash registers make change for you and people don't have to actually figure it out. But there's actually a set way of counting off what the right change is. And do you know, if you have a cashier that robs from the till... Uh, That's not good. That's not good. Being trustworthy. A politician who um, is corrupt is not good. We need trustworthy politicians. God wants us to be trustworthy. So today, as I preach this message, trustworthy, I'm going to ask you if you're trustworthy, and then I'm going to impart to you and teach you from this text about how God is trustworthy. God can be trusted. I want you to say, oh, thank God he can be trusted. Say it. Oh, thank God he can be trusted. And again, trust is the basis of all relationships. Now, some of you have been in relationships where people couldn't be trusted. Maybe in marriage, you broke trust. Maybe as you, uh, as you, you didn't keep your word, or maybe you got entangled in another relationship and you lied to your spouse. That, that will hurt your marriage. In fact, people have gone through divorce as a result of it. You say, well, what if I've gone through relationship or in my, in my marriage and there's been a broken trust? You have to build that back. And that can take a while. But it's so important to have trust. This text is Abraham walking and talking with God, and it does remind me of the Garden of Eden. It reminds me of Enoch. Abraham spoke with God and and was like hanging out with him. They're they're walking together, and these these angels are who are with them, and it really is uh, quite a thing. God raises the question of trust and and revelation, and you, you find that in verse 18. Pardon me, let's go from verse 16. When the men got up to leave, they looked down and saw Sodom and, and Abraham walked along with them. There it is, verse 17. And the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Now that, that's an interesting question. You know, God is not obligated to show you things. The, the proverb says, the secret of the Lord, he confides with those who fear him. So he, say, he, he says this question, and it's rhetorical and teaching us something. Shall I hide from Abraham? How many of you know God might be hiding some things for you because you're not ready to hear it right now? 
Maybe you've not been trustworthy with what he already told you, so why he's going to give you more revelation. There's so many people that are like, man, I want revelation, but you, you, you can't have follow through on the revelation of tithing. You, you want a greater impact, you want greater revelation, you want greater intimacy, but you can't follow through on the revelation of prayer and, and walking with God and, and, and obeying His word. God wants to give you more, but if you can't be trusted with what you have, why would He? You see, God's the ultimate steward, He's the example of good stewardship. Why would He give you more if He can't trust you with what you have? See, I want to, I should be the head of my department. You failed the last time, and why would you be the head of the department? Uh, somebody who is uh, a, a bad supervisor would, uh, would make you the head, but you failed over and over. Why, why, would you, why would you get promoted? You say, well, some other people got promoted. I understand. In, in the Word, you'll see that God is trustworthy, and he's looking for people who will be trustworthy. Shall we show, shall we show Abraham... Shall we hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Look at verse 18, profound. It's really a, a repeating of the promise of, of Genesis chapter 12 and verse 3, which says this, Genesis 12 and 3, I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great. You shall be a blessing. It's verse 2. Here's verse 3. I will bless those who bless you. Curse him who curses you. And all the families of the earth will be blessed. There's a, a repeating of that here in condensed form. And so he's, he's repeating this promise of Genesis 12, this covenant that he's made with Abraham, and the plan. God has a plan for Abraham, for I have known him. Look at verse 19, Genesis 18, 19. Honestly, I think it's one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him. So that's, it's talking about purpose. You see, your life is not just about your life. You say, well, I don't have any children. That's okay. You can have spiritual children. All of us have an impact. So think about this. God has known Abraham in order that for the purpose that he would direct his children. So, I mean, for those of you that have kids, so you have spiritual children, if you can just apply this for a moment, God has known you. He saved you, washed you, cleansed you, not just for your own sake, but so that you could actually impart into your children. I was recently at one of my staff's uh, graduation party for their, their daughter, Emma, Pastor Kirsten, and uh, it was a beautiful thing as... We prayed over Emma and, and celebrated her life and, and sent her on. She's going to university in the fall. And same thing happened for my son, Daniel. And, and I thought, what an, a beautiful model of what it is to show healthy family. You said, well, my husband left me. I understand, but you can still model that. You can still be trustworthy. Come on, God has saved you in order that you may daily direct your children. Why? Because you're, and your household after them, to keep them in the way of the Lord, to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Watch this now. It's not just a one generational promise, it's a multi generation. He's a multi, he's the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of 
Jacob. It's a multi-generational promise. You know, we're, we're building our building. We'll be moving in. It's amazing. We didn't build for one generation. I'm getting older. I feel like I'm 25, but I'm 50-something. All of us are going to pass, but we're building for this next generation. God is raising up leaders. He's raising up my children. Why is that? Because I've taught them that way. That is what we are about. We're about teaching God's word and, and showing them and modeling and being trustworthy what's right and good and just. You have a responsibility as a parent. You think the public school system is going to raise your kid. I got something, I got something to tell you. You know, thank God for good teachers of the public school. But you have to take personal responsibility for discipling your children. So I don't know how to do that. Learn. Get books. Read Love and Logic. There's one for you. Read Love and Logic. Read, read Growing Kids God's Way. Uh, read read a, a, another book, uh, loving, your, loving Your Children on Purpose. Learn how to teach your kids, to teach your grandchildren. You know, maybe your kids, maybe you say, I, I blew it with my kids. Well, just repent. And, and serve God with everything you got right now and take every opportunity to, to show and to model, to lead, to direct. It is really amazing. The very thing that God called Abraham to do with his children is what he's called all parents to do. All of us are called, and I'm talking about spiritual kids. It's what I'm doing to you right now as your pastor. I'm teaching you to tell you, if you're gonna see the promise for your family if I'm going to see the promise for my family, if we're going to see the promise that God has for this church, for this body of believers, for the body of Christ, to cover the earth with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, if that's going to come about, you're going to have to learn about God's ways. You're going to have to be trustworthy to not only teach it, but to obey it. You see, when you see something that's wrong and you don't correct it, then you set a pattern. Are you hearing me? And you set a pattern saying that that's that's really okay. You know, Eli, Eli, the high priest in the Old Testament, the book of Samuel, he rebuked his children, but he didn't make them obey. And as a result, the whole family is cursed. And Ichabod takes place to so the glory departed. And one of the grandchildren are named after him when the mother died. Horrible. Eli falls over and breaks his neck. And his two sons are killed at war. And, and God speaks to Samuel and says, I've rejected Eli because he hasn't corrected his children. Whoa, that's intense. Yeah, it's not enough to just say, don't do that. There has to be consequences. Eli's children were ripping off the offering. They were stealing from the, the, the offerings that were given to the Lord. And they made people despise the offering. And Eli spoke to them. If you go study, he spoke to them, but he didn't make them change. He should have drop kicked, lovingly rebuked them and removed them from their position, but he didn't. It's not enough just to say you shouldn't do that. There has to be consequences. You live in my house, you're gonna, you're gonna obey the rules of this house, which, are the, which is basically God's word, righteousness and truth. Well, what if they don't obey? Then bring them consequences. What if they still don't obey? Bring them the next level of consequences. Some of you just, you just let them do whatever they want. So you can play your, you know, I mean, break it down. Get all the way to removing their, their favorite video games, giving them time out. And listen, the, 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 the punishment or the training has to match the, 
has to match the, the crime. Amen. Some of you are like, make your kids, uh, uh, you know, stay at home. You're grounded. You're grounded for 30 days. I mean, all he did was he didn't get up on time. I mean, give, give me a break. You hadn't gotten up on time a whole bunch of times, and you're, 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 tra- you're, you're beating on them like that. Some of you have standards you don't yourself keep. You're a hypocrite. Oh, that's so stinking good right there. Some of you have standards. You're like, this is what you should do, and then you don't do it. I told you to read your, but you don't read yours. I'm preaching better than your amen, and don't, don't be a hypocrite. Be trustworthy. Come on, raise your right hand and say, I'm going to be trustworthy. Say it. I'm going to be trustworthy. Wow. Literally, your children, you have to set a pattern for them. They learn from you. They, they learn from you. I'm so thankful for my wife. She, she's a constant source of training, not only, for, <laughs> not only for my children, but she helps me too. So thankful for those who are trustworthy to say what's right. See, the whole nature of this text is God is going to model what righteousness and justice is with respect to Sodom and Gomorrah. And he's telling Abraham. I mean, it's like Abraham's right there. I don't know if they spoke and he didn't get to hear or how that worked, but should we hide from Abraham what we're about to do because he's going to be a great nation, and he's going to have to correct his children. It, the whole understand the context is a context of judging Sodom and Gomorrah, and they and they said, you know, we, we need to take a moment here to teach Abraham. Abraham, we're we're bringing judgment. God is judiciously going to impact Sodom and Gomorrah because their sin is so great. And Abraham goes on to ask the question in verse 23. Abraham came near and said, would you destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there's 50 righteous. What is he doing? He's asking a question and says, hey, God, um, are, you, are you righteous, really? Are you, can I trust you? I mean, seriously, you're going to kill everybody. What if there's 50 righteous? Are you going to kill everybody for the sake of the, of the 50? You know, you've heard it said before that, that if America doesn't repent, that God's going to have to apologize for Sodom and Gomorrah. That's a famous line, and I've forgotten exactly who it was quoted by. I just don't think it's true. Because there are people like you and me. There's hundreds of people here right now. There's people like you and me that are living for God as, as best we can. And I know some of you might not know God, and maybe you've never given your heart to Jesus and repented of your sin, but you can do that here in a few minutes. Others of you have been walking with the Lord a long time. So as you've been walking with the Lord, do you think that matters to the Lord? Do you think you make a difference to this city? You do make a difference to this city. America is in deep trouble, for sure. We also send out more missionaries and release more resources and are preaching the gospel around the world. Are we perfect? No, we're not perfect. But there is an aspect of righteousness about America. God's not done with America yet. I said, God's not done with the United States of America yet. There's a plan and a purpose that he has for this. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. There's a plan and a purpose he has for America. And you're in the midst of it. You'd be like, we just need to see those people judged. You live here. You better watch your mouth. Don't you care, God? That's what Abraham's saying. Don't you care? And the Lord says, I I do care, yes. He says, I'll spare it. Abraham intercedes, this picture of intercession, 
is so amazing. Abraham intercedes with God on behalf of the people of Sodom and Gomorrah. You know what you and I are called to do? We're called to intercede on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah. God, we pray right now. Come on, lift your voice for America. We pray right now, God, that you would touch our nation. You would touch our state, the state of Alaska. You would touch every state in the union. God, we make intercession now. We're asking that you would break in with truth and light, that righteousness that would exalt a nation, as it says in your word, but sin is a reproach to any people. We pray, we stand in the gap, and we ask, God, cause a mighty awakening to come to our country. Cause there to be a great outpouring, Lord, in our nation. Even through us, I ask, in the name of Jesus, Lord, pour out your spirit from the east coast to the west coast, from the north to the south. In Jesus' name, and not just our nation, every nation, every tribe, we intercede. We bind demon power. Come on, just pray for a minute. We bind demon power. We take authority over. Come on, pray for your family. We take authority over the influences of the the Sodom and Gomorrah. We take authority over that right now. Some of our kids have gone to Sodom and Gomorrah high, but God, we pray that they would be raised up to know the right from wrong, to know how to live righteously, to judge truly and justly. And God, help us to be that, that voice of reason and righteousness, not just a voice, but to model it in our lives because the nation is dependent upon us to do it. You're looking for us to do that, the plan, the purposes you have will come about, God, as we obey you. In Jesus' name. Come on, someone say amen, amen, and amen. God is speaking to us very clearly. There are a number of different things. One, you can trust God. Let me say that to you. You can trust God. His word is sure. His word is true. It's forever settled in heaven. The power belongs to God, and he loves you. He has mercy and compassion on you. God loves you. Oh, he, he loves you. It's the greatest revelation I know. He loves me. Oh, he loves me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened, and now I know He touched me, he touched me, he touched me and made me whole. He loves you, he loves you, he's trustworthy, he's not a child, he's not some loving slave owner, he's not a child abuser, he's a mighty loving God, he's filled with compassion and mercy, he's moved with what you're moved by. He cares for you. He knows you're rising up. He knows you're setting down. God can be trusted. So many people don't serve God because they've ascribed to him the pain that they went through in their home. They ascribed to him the difficulty they went through with their father, the abandonment they went through with their mother. They, they ascribe to God things that don't belong to him. God is good and the devil is evil and bad and it's the devil that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's not God that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
destroy. God has come to heal you. God has come to set you free. God has come to fill you full of his power so that you can be his minister of reconciliation. You can trust God. Come on, say it. I can trust God. He's a provider. Oh, he's a sun and shield. He's a strong tower. He's worthy of all of your adoration. He made you while you were yet in your mother's womb. You can trust him. You can trust him to provide as you lean on his everlasting. All other ground is sinking sand. On Christ's solid rock I stand. Oh, he can be trusted. Come on, somebody say, I trust you, God. Say it, I trust you, God. Come on, say it again. I trust you, God. He is trustworthy. Us? Sometimes we're not. God is speaking to us and saying that he's trustworthy. And then secondly, it's a question to you. Can you be trustworthy? Can you be trusted? Can you be trusted to what? How about about to live right? Can you be trusted to live right? You know, when I think about the different difficulties we've been through in the Bracken family, I, I, I think about how much of it was brought on through simple disobedience and woundings and, of course, the enemy driving it all. But as we have turned towards the Lord and our family, we see incredible restoration and healing, restoration and healing going down the generations and God doing something amazing. And it's not to, that we're going to pat our, break our arm by patting ourselves on the back, but you have to ask yourself, am I being trustworthy with God's word? Am I being trustworthy with what God said? Am I being trustworthy with the promise? So many of you want God to do everything, but you, you know, you, you could be here, but you didn't come today. You, he's calling you to tithe, but you won't. He's, he's calling you to prayer, but you won't. He wants to show up in that, in that, you know, the quiet time that you, you that you've said that you would have with him, but but you don't have it. We get distracted and we get weary and we allow the things of the world to come to rob us. If you'll be trustworthy, you learn to live righteously, God will do amazing things for you. There's so many promises. I I'd, I'd encourage you to to um, to do a, a a word study on what happens when you live rightly. The, the footsteps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord. He said, I don't know which way to go. Well, then just live right. Just live right as far as you, as, as best you can with all your heart. Live right. And you know what happens? Your little feet will be right where they need to be. He'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll direct you. There's so many promises. Let me, let me show you this is so powerful. You you got to put a fence around your life and you got to live right. Live right. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to live right. I'm going to live right. 1 Corinthians 7, 14, For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. In other words, in a home where there's an unbelieving husband but a believing wife, or if there's a believing husband and an unbelieving wife, goes on to say, that they're sanctified. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but now they're holy. Literally, what it's saying is that you living for God is so powerful that it sanctifies your house. That's amazing. That is amazing. That when you live right, you can sanctify your home. The power of righteousness. 
The power of righteousness. And so when you live right, it makes a difference. It releases power. The second, or what should I say, the third thing is would you persevere in intercession? Don't quit. I love that this Abraham is so persistent. He just keeps asking, how about 50, how about 45, 45, 45, 35, 35, 30, 30. I mean, he goes all the way down to 10. You know what happened? Sodom and Gomorrah, you all know the story. Sodom and Gomorrah is destroyed. You know why? Because there wasn't even 10 people. Wow. I mean, and you go and study that text. It is, Lot was a righteous man, but he was tormented by what took place in Sodom. And so Abraham, I think, is, is bargaining with God. He's dickering with him, negotiating with him. And he gets it all the way down to 10. And the Lord says, for the sake of 10, I won't destroy. But you know it's destroyed. And Abraham gets out with, with his, his life. His wife gets out, but she turns and becomes a pillar of salt. And then he has two daughters. There's only four people saved out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Wow. See, it's so important to, to pray literally would have saved a whole city if there was 10 people that were living for God. Your perseverance and intercession is absolutely crucial. God's looking for intercessors. He's looking for people to pray. He said, well, I don't, I don't really feel like much. Well, you are an intercessor. All of us are called to pray. Everyone is called to pray. There's opportunities for prayer. Why do you do that, Pastor? Because we need to persevere. We need to persevere in prayer. Pray for the building. Pray for lost souls. We need to pray for healing of the brokenhearted, recovery of sight to the blind. Prayer. Abraham's prayer. Most people don't understand the truth about dominion and authority. And so they don't really know what's being forfeited by not praying. I push you and encourage you and, and, and plead with you. Get, get in morning prayer. Get here. Come to morning prayer. Come early to pray. So I can't, I can't go to morning prayer because I'm commuting. All right. Well, get it online. Put it on your phone. Stream it over your radio. Get, get in prayer. Get in prayer. Set times to pray. This is a picture of intercession. All of us need to stand in the gap. All of us. And if you'll pray consistently, you'll have consistent releases of God's power in your life. Did you get something today? Did you get something? Come on, trustworthy. Are you trustworthy? And know for sure that God is. He stands over his word to see it performed. Be trustworthy. Be trustworthy to live right. Be trustworthy to live righteously. Be trustworthy to persevere in intercession. Be trustworthy. God is, and he loves you, and he's got an amazing plan. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.